Good morning, church. It is great to hear the energy in the room. Before we get started, since there's so much energy, I think we can do this safely. Can I have everyone on this side of the room kind of turn this way, and everyone on this side of the room turn that way, find someone to make friendly eye contact with, and wave and say good morning to them? <laughs> good morning. All right. We are here to worship our Lord today. Let's open with a word of prayer and let's sing some songs to our Savior. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much, Lord, for the ability, the freedom, and the, the health to be able to gather together with your people, Lord, to be able to come together to encourage one another, to study your word, and to lift you up through song. Lord, I pray that you would be magnified through the worship that we offer to you this morning in song. God, that we would be changed through the reading and teaching of your word, and God, that we would be sharpened on accounts of the interactions we have with each other. May you receive the glory for this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand with us this morning? Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Oh uh -huh. 
Good morning, church. As we gather this morning, oh, I like the, the good mornings. That was good. You've either had some of Pastor Rogers' coffee or you're really feeling it today, one or the other. But we uh, want to take this time and say welcome. We're grateful to be here. Sometimes we're grateful to be anywhere. <laughs> but uh, this morning, there are several um, uh, that aren't able to be with us today. And even watching on Facebook, I know that uh, the Trago, Chad Trago's traveling a little bit. He chimed in, and uh, Rachel Vance. So if you could kind of turn back to the old camera, give those everybody watching on Facebook a welcome, if you will, uh, to let them know that we are um, thinking of them. Rachel was at Bedside Baptist Church this morning. You didn't get that. No, I'm just teasing her. She's going to give me a hard time for that, but that's our love language. Or she's having a little bit of car issues. And I tell you, I value so much when people let me know that they're not going to be here. Not because I'm the boss. And it just, it takes, sometimes we worry about these things. These things are on our heart and mind. And we uh, just value the fact that, uh, that people let us know as, as your leaders. But also, we're a church family. Amen? Is that not how the Bible says, not describes us, but the Bible says this is how we are a church family. Now, there's families, and then there's families. I get it. I get it. But we want to be God as our Heavenly Father. We are His children. There's no downside. There is no downside when you're walking in His grace and in His love. One thing about our church family that I want to uh, really spend time on here for a brief moment is this. We have had, uh, over the years, we... Uh, this church is very, very good at coming alongside each other. I've watched it. It's not, it's not anything that I or our leadership has instilled, per se. It's, it's been here. It's, I like to call it the Spirit of God. <laughs> and when he's doing something, don't mess it up, uh, is, is the best way of uh, looking at that. You know, I've watched our church, you guys come alongside each other in so many ways. Prayerfully, faithfully, consistently. I've watched gifts of love i watch just words of affirmation um, is overwhelming um, and even labor labor of love watch you guys unbeknownst to the church sometimes coming alongside each other anna uh mckeeson i always say your name mckinson mckeeson uh 
you heard me mention her last week, how that uh, about a month ago now, she fell at Kroger's and uh, was out of commission for about a month. Um, uh, has she's, she's with us last week. She's here again this week. And, um, you know, as, as I'm talking to her, it's kind of walking in with her. She was sharing with me kind of how she's progressing. She's uh, saw the orthopedic on her so- shoulder and that it is uh, it's healing beautifully, she said, for my age. And I'm not going to mention a, women's age, a woman's age. I know not to do that, but she's north of 90, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but her spirit, her spirit has been contagious in the hospital, even with people that she's been um, uh, just communicating with. So she's been out of her home for a month or so. And as I'm talking, I'm, I'm looking at her glasses, and she doesn't have a whole earpiece here. I'm like, well, Anna, what happened to your glasses? She said, well... When I fell at Kroger, my glasses went that way and I went that way. So she's been, for a month now, has glasses with no earpiece. Cross Point Baptist Church. Can we fix that for her? Is that an amen? And we're going to, at barest minimum, we're going to make sure your glasses are, we're going to pay for your glasses. All right? We want you to be able to see and not deal with uh, just these other little things that are going on. And we want to come alongside you in a substantial way. You have been, uh, you made us laugh a bunch. You make us laugh. I never know what you're going to say. In fact, I get nervous when you start to speak. <laughs> Truth be known. But we appreciate your spirit, your attitude, and your testimony as well. So church family, what I'm asking us to do, um, if you're able to give, help her get these glasses paid for and as quick as we can put something on an envelope put it in the in the offering box tithe box in the back we um uh, we're not going to pass the plate or anything like that you know how to do it we know how to do it so we're going to take care of your glasses anna um because we love you thank you thank you so much and also this morning um unbeknownst to me we had some guests and friends and visitors from our church um there's, I guess it's probably untimely, not a, really a funny joke in a hardship time, but in the hills of Kentucky, there's been some flooding, and a lot of times when that happened, the uh, creatures come to higher ground. So Scotty and Amy Brandenburg are here from the hills of Kentucky. Uh, Amy, that wasn't meant for you. That was just meant for Scotty. It really was. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. Amy's from Anderson. Anderson, so... But uh, Scotty and Amy Brandenburg are here, and I asked him if he would just kind of give him some time to share anything he wants to share on his heart. He can share about it, the church he pastors, Warren Chapel, uh, the flooding down there. He can share um, about your guys' accident. And then uh, if you would, just at the end of that, and I may stay up here and do a Q&A with you just because, and maybe have you pray as well. So, Scotty, Amy, if ever you guys want to do this, come on down. Well, we want to say thank you, uh, first of all, for all those years of support you were behind Amy and I, uh, being with Kentucky Mountain Mission Youth Haven Bible Camp, and um, Pastor Scott was talking about church family. Uh, Amy and I feel like at least your third cousin. And, uh, <laughs> so we, um, we're going to have another couples retreat, uh, not that Amy and I needed anything. Right, but, right. Uh, we, we miss you guys. And uh, we snuck up for a weekend 
you know uh, what it's like. I know how you guys won't let your preacher off and stuff like that. Uh, but pastors just need to get away. And so that's why I didn't, didn't tell him that he would come. I was afraid he'd ask me if I'd speak this morning. So I came to be, uh, sometimes your pastor needs to be pastored. And uh, that's what I'm here this morning. I don't know why we chose to listen to Pastor Scott, but uh, something led us to you guys this morning. Worse. <laughs> But thank you guys so much for being behind us with Kentucky Mountain Mission. Amy and I were there for 27 years. And uh, so we thank you for that. We're still part of it. Uh, Libby worked at camp this summer. Amy volunteered this summer. I volunteered this summer. I um, happened to be laid off at the time, and so I was able to drive and um, haul the campers. We still love Kentucky Mountain Mission. We are behind them 157% of everything that's in this body is behind Kentucky Mountain Mission. And uh, so thank you for allowing your pastor to be on the board and um, your part there at Kentucky Mountain Mission. Uh, we are pastoring Morris Chapel, and um, that is in a neighboring county, and we've been doing that for be coming up six years. And uh, so we uh, covet your prayers in leading that group of people. And I work at a company called Bluegrass Stream, and so um, the church is not able to pay me full time, and so working and, and, and juggling the pastorate is a little difficult at times, so pray for us as, as we continue to do that. And then your pastor mentioned about the flooding. Uh, please pray for the people of Eastern Kentucky. Um, uh, it's just devastating, and I know there's flooding been all around our world, and, uh, but this is in our back door, and um, you know, sometimes you might have the Little Miami River flood and you have trash bags and whatever, but in this particular flood, it wasn't milk jugs and trash bags that were washed up in the trees. It was homes and vehicles. And uh, a pastor friend of ours that used to be on the, on the board at uh, Kentucky Mountain Mission, he lives down in Hazard, and um, their church lost, um, they had two different buildings that they were utilizing. They were utilizing their old church for a fellowship hall and Sunday school rooms. It was completely wiped off of its foundation. They lost both church vans. They lost, the pastor lost all of his vehicles. Um, and um, water got up four or five feet in their church. The church actually protected the parsonage for them getting washed away. He was holding his grandchildren up on the counter or the kitchen table, standing in water, praying that the house wouldn't get washed away. Um, I spoke with him on the phone, and in his voice, I could just hear brokenness and uh, went to help him out um, personally. And when he, um, somebody in this church uh, was allowing him to use a little small camper for him to live in that they parked right beside the church, he came out of the door when we pulled up to help, and I just saw broken in his, uh, on his face. And um, these are my people. Hmm. Um, I, even though it was, took us an hour to get there, these are my mountain people. And it, it continues to break my heart. There's a lady that goes to our church. She's not a believer. She comes and volunteers on our children's ministry on Wednesdays. She lost everything. This is the second time this has happened to her in her life. And um, pray for her. And um, we just covet your prayers. Um, because people, I mean, they lost everything. And um, there's, their home's not even there anymore uh, to move back into. And so while supplies are great that people are sending and Samaritan purses there and, and different ministries are there, we can give them things. They don't have a place to put them. Mm. And uh, some of them are sleeping in tents. Uh, 
where their home used to be. And um, that's not the way to camp out. And uh, so pray for us as we minister to those people and uh, pray for their salvations that this will bring them closer to God, not drive them further away from him. Hey, Scotty, are there people still unaccounted for? I know William mentioned one. As I think of it, I think we have everybody accounted for that they have, um, cadaver dogs have come in and we've, they've identified everybody that was missing at the mm -hmm. time. And so I'm pretty sure that everybody's accounted for at this point. Okay. Well, let's take a moment because I know it's it's a heavy topic. I don't want to keep going back and All forth. Right. So, um, I the last that I had heard, this was about a week or two ago. Thirty-seven was the fatality account uh, account, and then um, I was just hearing well, as they lost livestock. A lot of them, that's the livelihood. Uh, I, I heard. Did you hear what he just said? How we want to help, and you give them things, but they don't have a place to put them. What's that look like moving forward? I mean, how? We, in our particular area where the lady that comes to our church, there is a carpenter who is, take, took, he left his all of his projects and he brought his own crew in and he's volunteering his time, his men, he's paying his men and they've been able to throw up houses um, that have given them some shelter. Mm. And so uh, sometimes that may be uh, giving towards materials that can be bought so that they can give them some shelter. Okay. Um, there is um, places like different campgrounds throughout our region, um, state parks that have, they brought in mobile uh, camping units um, that people are staying in. So um, That's big. I haven't heard any of that. You guys heard any of that? Yeah, see, we're not hearing. There's a lot going on that we don't know. We're only getting these yeah. little sound bites at best. There's a yeah. lot going on. The more I talk to people from... Yes. The surrounding counties, you're, we're hearing more details. That's yes. it's longevity. Yes. Solutions is not what's yeah. accessible. Yeah. So I think the main thing is prayer and pray for your um, leadership, whether it be, of course, first of all, be spiritual leadership as those pastors trying to mm -hmm. find tangible ways to do that, and then our local governments know how yeah. to do that, and then working all that together. What's the overall? spiritual meter here are people cursing god mad at god the people helping are they doing it in the name of the lord or are they just people doing good things what what's the overall um from what i see it, it we're in the bible belt the buckle so, of it and so um people are saying hey we've got our lives even though there were i think that the total was ended being 38 um we have our lives we can replace things mm -hmm. but we got our lives um, this one particular lady cut the extension cord off of her vacuum cleaner, tied the cord around her waist, and tied her children to her, and then jumped in the water. So, uh, been some crazy things going on, but we know the great, that God is greater than all of that, and so we want God to have the victory, and he will. Uh, but the, the spirit of the mountain people is we're Appalachian strong. And um, just like we have a family here, Appalachia is strong in name. They just buckle down and do what they got to do. Mm. Well, is it Appalachia or Appalachia? Uh, so we have it, a big debate it, on this. Is it the Caribbean or Caribbean? <laughs> do you want to talk about your accident? then? Oh, yes. Um, thank you guys for uh, praying for Amy and I. Um, we were about this close from losing Amy and Olivia. 
in an accident. We ha everything we have to do, we have to drive into Lexington, so we're coming up the what's called the Mountain Parkway, and um, a truck lost control on the other side of the Mountain Parkway and spun around and came backwards across the median. And if you've been up the Mountain Parkway, that's not a very wide median. And and we were coming um, home, and I did the best I could to try to correct the car to go beside of him. And um, so Amy and I had our, our car total. Amy had her fractured uh, fractured sternum. Um, she's still having some difficulty with that, so pray with us about that. And Olivia was asleep in the back seat. But I, I praise the Lord for his um, just watch care over us and his hand of protection over the life of my family. And um, Jeffrey worked in not too far from the scene of the accident, and so he was able to come to the hospital and uh, be with Olivia uh, because um, we couldn't be with each one of us was in a different hospital room. And um, so just how God orchestrated that whole event and uh, continue to pray for us as we manage um, through that. Um, we have um, had our car replaced, and um, so we thank the Lord for that. We've got that transportation taken care of, but I'm still concerned. Um, Amy's tough, uh, but as her husband, I'm still concerned about the, the little difficulty she has with her son. But thankful for life, uh, most Amen. of all. If you're up for it, kind of talk about, because I was sitting on the, there in the living room. You kind of gave me the long version of the story. Just how God even kept his hand upon everything, from the food in the car to the, uh, your vehicle. Just kind of talk through that if, if you're up for it. Um, we know that God has his hand upon us. And um, one of the things that I, we just got finished studying the life of Joseph in our adult Sunday school class at our church. And how awesome it is you can look at Joseph's life and know that God has Joseph being brought from point A to point B to start this nation of, uh, or continue on this nation of people to which the Messiah would come to save us from our sins. And how awesome is that? But Joseph was still living in that day in and day out, wasn't he? And uh, God does that in our lives. And uh, he's working and orchestrating in our lives. And um, just those little things are so, in the midst of having that accident, we had been down to Lexington to buy Mother's Day gifts for our ladies at church. And so we live in, Timbuktu, Egypt, and uh, so we have to take freezer bags just to go to the grocery store, and so we had some freezer bags, and we had some personal food um, in, in our car, and so we're coming back up the mountain parkway. We had this accident. We get whisked away to the hospital, and so there are our car sets with Mother's Day gifts and our food in there, and um, in that particular county, um, there's three different uh, record services that I know you guys got three on each corner around here, but there's three for the whole entire county back there in that particular county. And um, the Lord had this one particular w one for us because they said, oh, I also just had bought a computer from Costco. And um, that's another other story just how God provided that Costco said they just exchanged it. I said, I just bought this. It's been through an accident. I haven't opened it or anything. And they said, hey, we'll just exchange it out. Because I didn't know what got broken on the inside or anything. Costco was really good for us. And that was a little commercial for them. Um, so we had this food. And so they tow our car. And 
the lady of the husband that has a record service uh, noticed that they had that car, the bag back there, and so she takes the food out and puts it in her personal refrigerator for us and um, took that care of that for us. And my brother is a police officer. He is, um, so he had connections with the people in that county, the sheriff of that county. He found out where our car went to for us, and he went with me, and we were able to get this stuff out of the car the next day and uh, go on, and our ladies at church were able to enjoy their, their Mother's Day gift if their husband shared it and um, things like that because we bought them candy uh, from things like that. So God just provides all those little details for us that just blow us away. And um, I know he works in your life as well. Yeah, good, good. And there's a lot more there, but he, as they were telling these stories, just hear how, uh, just God's protection. I mean, it, in all accounts, that was, that could have been a fatal accident. Oh, yes. It, it, I mean, just yeah, all we, accounts. And even the details you said of the tow trucks, it had been the other two yes. service companies, you would not have gotten that stuff back. Yes, we would have not have. They, um, they were telling us that the other two record services, we would probably had our computer stolen out of the car, and they would have taken all of that stuff for themselves um, before they took it into the, to the impound yeah. um, to the yard. So three, God sent us the one that we needed, and uh, he does those things, yeah, even good. in the details. Good. Well, I know you didn't. There was kind of a message in there somewhere, wasn't it? Got you preaching. But let's, if you're good with it, I'd like to have a word of prayer with you for the family. Thank you for uh, just your servitude, your heart for what you do. And I'd heard it in the, the words you used, the heart for the people. The heart for the people down there. Cross Point, join me as we lift up this family before our God. Dear Lord, we come before you now thanking you for just being who you are, just for being sovereign and being in control. And there's times when we look and go, where are you? And when we look back, we can see your thumbprints. We can see you moving. We can see your protection. We can see you guiding. You can see you healing. So we're grateful for this family, Scotty, Amy, Jeffrey, and Livy today that are here as a, as a part of the, 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 the bit larger family, may we come alongside in any way possible. When we think of them, see the name on Facebook or wherever, may we pray instantly for this family. As he ministers, uh, we're praying for the future. We have no idea what the future holds for this family as well either. So be with Scotty as he wants to be the leader. Have him first to be the man you want him to be. Then do what you would desire him to do. Bless this family with your presence. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. He just said, thank you, sir. I don't know if y'all caught that. I love it. I love that family. Second John is known as one of the postcard epistles. Now, everybody did what you were supposed to do right there. I said, second John, and everybody either went for your phone or your Bible. That's exactly what I wanted. What I didn't want you to go was, oh, 2 John is a postcard epistle. Why do we call 2 John a postcard epistle? Well, as you get toward the back of the Bible, um, a lot of these epistles or letters are just that. They're postcard size, if you will, if we even do postcards anymore. Do we do that anymore? I don't think. Do we do postcards? No. Uh, well, 
But uh, in these postcard epistles are rich, deep truths that we can come away with. And, and what I like about postcard epistles is it gets right to it, right? It gets right to it. Now, if I were to ever send a postcard, not a biblically inspired, but just a postcard, it'd be like, I'm here, you're not. That, that, that's the length of my postcard, or if I had to do it. But in what John is doing here in 2 John is he is quickly sharing truth, quickly, and in a concise manner. Now, I think Crosspoint can appreciate that. There's other books of the Bible that take time to develop, time to understand uh, Romans. You know, you don't want to, Romans is not a postcard. You've got just some deep, every word has, you want to get out of it everything that you can. There's a background to this Second uh, John. Now, I've shared this portion of scripture several times. In fact, the first time I shared this book was in 2008 as uh, I think uh, I was associate pastor. I shared it then, and, and there's a very important reason on why. 2008, 08, or 2028, this is going to apply. This is going to apply. And the topic is cause and responding to Christ's deceivers. It's about being deceived. Listen, I have one of my favorite sayings, uh, me and Brad and I quote it to each other all the time. The worst person to fool is yourself. You don't want to be fooled or fool yourself. Sometimes we need to pick up the word of God and do the work. So today doesn't serve as a um, just a lighthearted type of moment. In in, In just a few moments, we're going to get down to some heavy lifting quickly. Why? Because I don't want you deceived. The God of the Bible does not want you deceived. Jesus Christ doesn't want his name misused. Doesn't want his name deceived. The Holy Spirit wants to take this word of God and push away all the distractions. Push away all the little seeds of doubt. Push away the seeds of deception and get to the truth in the heart of the matter. In 2000, what year are we in? 22. Yeah, 2022. We have to be very careful because the deceivers are out there. Some known, some knowingly, some unbeknownst to themselves. Catch that line. That's a good line right there. Some people are deceived and don't even know it. You may be one. I am positive at some point in my life I was deceived and didn't know it. I'm certain of it. That's why it's vitally important we study the word of God. Turn with me to 2 John. There is no chapters here. It's just 13 verses. And I'm going to read through, and we're going to key in on just a couple of them about being deceived. 2 John, first verse, the elder. By the way, John is not writing to an elder. He's calling himself an elder, which is odd because usually he referred to himself in the Gospels as the one whom Jesus loved. He rarely referred to himself, but here he calls himself the elder. He's recognizing there is a pastorship going on here. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but all those who have known the truth, because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Now, tucked away in these first two verses, it's thick. It is very thick. This is 
written to a specific lady and her child. This is not a metaphor. It's not metaphorically written, uh, as some would suppose. Verse, verse 2, uh, we see, To have God's grace, mercy, and peace, as a believer, you must abide in truth and in love. Say truth, truth. and love. love. Truth and love. Those two are they're, they're, they're welded together. You, you're not going to have one without the other. Now listen, there it is. That's the apex of what we want to walk away to today. You're not going to have love without truth. You're not going to have truth without love. The two go hand in hand. Look in verse 3. Grace, mercy, and peace with you uh, will be with you, will be with you from, the God, from God the Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ, and of the Father, truth, in love. Let that verse kind of ring, ring, wake, wake up your heart, wake up your spirit today, because I'm getting ready to say some things straight from 2 John that you may not like. You're going to know somebody and go, I don't know if that's, I don't like hearing that. Because good people, people we love, could be fall, faulty in their belief, faulty by being deceived. That happens all the time. In fact, that's what the devil is a master at. That's what evil is very, very good at. Crafty, deceptive. Reminds me of Carla when she's fishing. Carla goes fishing every time I want to go golfing. It's, it's a trade-off. She's she got to go fishing. She will fish. She went yesterday. She is trying to deceive the fish. That's her goal. That's how you catch fish, by deceiving them. Whether you use a lure or use a hook and a worm or chicken liver or whatever you want to use. By the way, Greg Ferguson's making his own bait at home now, too. And that's a good wife that will let you keep your stinky bait in the refrigerator. Where's Lady Di at? She in the nursery? I give her. And I must be a good husband because I opened up the bottom of our refrigerator to worms. <laughs> Something ain't right, people. What does a fisherman do? You're trying to deceive the fish. Whether it's a lure, right? Something shiny, you want that bass? There's nothing there but the end of your life. You're trying to, or with a worm and a hook, right? You're trying to deceive. Listen, is that, not, is that a great example of what evil is trying to do to us? Trying to deceive you. This looks good. This tastes good. This is good for you. It can't be all bad. But when you take the bait, when you take fall for the temptation, the end of temptation, when you're given in, is sin. The end of sin is death, the Bible says. Verse 4 goes on. says, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in the truth as we receive commandment from the Father. Man, let's look at verse 4 for just a second. Even, this isn't even in my notes. But he rejoiced. He is very happy. He, um, and by the way, when I get overjoyed, I don't always know how to express that. I don't, know how, I don't know what to do. I don't know. You don't want to lose your composure. But at the same time, there's things that, that are way beyond us that God does. That's way out of your control that only he can do. John is saying, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in the truth. It is a blessing as a parent to know 
that the Lord has done a work in your children's heart and they have responded and replied. The older we get as parents, the more perhaps anxious we get because we're having to parent differently and we can't make somebody do or believe something. You, you can't do it. It doesn't work like that. He is rejoicing because the children were walking in the truth. So when we hear of a salvation, a genuine conversion, be happy for each other. Here's the, here's the greatest way to show it. First, you take this hole under your nose and you make the corners go up. That is a sign of being happy. When I, uh, I'll share this with Carl, we spent a little bit more time together in the last couple weeks than we're used to. And um, that's, uh, well, I don't know where I'm going with that. But I will say certain things and I'll be like, look, see this right here? I do this all the time. See, that's a real smile right there. That's a real smile. That is, let it be shown, be excited and happy when you see spiritual things happening in our church body, but in your families. Don't take it for granted. Are you with me? Say, uh-huh. Be excited for your family. Rejoice in these things. Sometimes, you know, victories don't come along. Sometimes it feels like there's a long spell between victories, spiritual victories. Rejoice when it's time to rejoice. Have a party. It's a good time to be thanking God when he's doing a work. So verse 4, he rejoiced. Why? Because some of the children are walking in truth. And we receive commandments as we receive commandments from the Father. Say commandments. We're going to be picking that word up again in a minute. Verse 5 says, And now I plead with you, lady, uh, plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that, that we have had from the beginning that we love one another. We're not going to take the time. John chapter 13 is the one that stands out the most, where John says, Jesus says, If you love me, Love one another. Love one another. It's a love book. First John, John, second John, the Gospel of John. That seems to be a theme that John keeps uh, spreading. You love one another. There's a command there. It's not if you feel like it. It's do it. It's do it. Love. And we can start talking about what that looks like. And, um, but John is saying it's nothing new. But you know what amazes me about that word love when we're actually doing it or receiving it. By the way, we're on this earth to receive and to give love. Don't worry, I'm not getting soft on you here. Receive his love. His love comes with truth. We're to receive it and we're to give it. And it looks so unique. It's so fresh. Even though it's an old commandment, he's saying, I'm telling you nothing new in verse 4. But uh, in verse 5, I'm telling you nothing new, but it's new and fresh every time it's lived out. Verse 6, this is love. Here it is, defined. Here it is, that we walk according to his commandments. What? Wait a minute, time out. I thought love was, you know, we sing cards and flowers and we we gave out candies. And that's what love looks like. He says, this is love, walk according to his commandments. Well, what, what, are, what are his commandments? I mean, we got 600 in the Old Testament. What are, what are, there's a, too many to know. He anchored them down in two, John, uh, Matthew 22, 36, and 37. Love God, love others. They only asked him for one. He threw in a bonus. Love God and love others. Now, watch this. You know what we do in our world? We love others, and if we have time, we'll love God. 
We love others, and if we'll time, we'll obey God, do the church thing. We'll love others, and a byproduct, we'll go to God if we need him. The commandment is exactly the opposite. If you love me, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and book of Mark adds strength. Uh, this is all, and he's, Jesus is quoting from Deuteronomy. The most quoted book that Jesus did from the Old Testament was the book of Deuteronomy. Do you know that? You would think it would be Psalm or something. Deuteronomy is the book that Jesus quoted from most. But he said, love, love the Lord your God. And I'm telling you, if you will love him, the word tells you, if you will love him, you will love better and sweeter here on earth with each other. If you love him first. If you don't, you're going to be putting something. If I'm going to love Andrew above God, I'm, God, Andrew just became my God. Which Andrew gave me a gift this morning. So your stock did go up, but you're just under God, just for the record. Live according to his word will prove your love for him. Just live according to his word, he says in verse 6. You know what? Look a page, go one page backwards. First John chapter 5, one page backwards. Or one swipe left backwards, swipe right, whatever. One swipe. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. Look what it says. Watch this. For this is love, the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. It's not a work. If you feel like following him sometimes can become, it's a work, it's a drudgery, your heart's all twisted up. If you love me, just follow me. Do what I have for you to do, and he takes it from there. Be reminded of that. Follow him in verse 6. 1 John 5, 3 quotes that. Now, all that was to get to this. John starts to responding to the deceivers. He set it up. He set it up well to say, hey, hey, lady. Every time I hear that lady in there, I always think of Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I just dated. Who know who? Jerry Lewis. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. These guys are like, what's a Jerry Lewis? I don't know. I got to work on my illustrations. But he was a comedian, goofy guy who, hey, lady. That was his, never mind. So uh, he sets it up in verses 1 through 6. Now, he's not setting her up. He's sharing with her encouragement. Amen? He's sharing encouragement. Truth is encouraging. But now he's going to tell her to be on guard. Be aware in verse 7. Verse 7, um, picks up for many deceivers have gone out into this world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh this is a deceiver and an antichrist he he switched gears really fast he went from drive to reverse like like you're going to strip a gear doing that stuff he switches gears on purpose deceivers are coming deceivers were there and this is going back to this day and age and i'm warning you today deceivers are coming and deceivers are here the deceivers are in world religions right now uh, we don't have the time but we know where this started from genesis chapter 3 1 through 6. the first deceiver was satan himself did god really say he was taking the word of god and twisting it around just enough just enough, just enough, not a bunch, just a little bit. 
He deceived, and on and on. The deceivers, those can be defined as those who led astray. Are you being led astray today? Just think about that for a moment. Are you being led astray today? It's a trick question, because if you are, you may not even know it. This is why we follow the word of God. This is why we want to know what the word says, because his word is true, it's holy, it's our anchor. Thy word is truth. Amen? amen. Come on, Baptist people. Amen? amen? Make sure you're awake. Those that didn't amen, you're not Baptist enough. That's what just happened right there. I don't know why I'm stuck on saying that so much all of a sudden. Verse 7, but for many deceivers have gone out. There are, when I did this back in the day, I threw out a number, like how many mainstream religions and cults there are. I'm not even going to throw a number out because I don't know. On the internet, now you can go make one up. It don't matter. There's a lot out there. The number is not what's important. Some do it knowingly. Some do it being deceived themselves. But look in verse 7. It says, for many deceivers have come out into the world and do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. Listen to me and look at me on purpose here. Coming in the flesh is talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, that is, the phrase right there is what a lot of churches right now are playing with. Did he, did he come in the flesh? Did, how far did he empty himself out? Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, means God with us. That's what that means. That's what the word means. The preposition in is important. Why? The text doesn't say Christ is coming into flesh, but that he came in flesh. The deceivers taught that Christ's body and spirit were separate. That's Gnostics. In 1 John and 2 John. The point is, they were already there then. The difference is, they didn't have the word of God like we have it today. Think about this. The word of God was still being written and being spoke. Think about this for a moment. We have the vantage point of having God's word. We can test it. We can verify it. We can study it. We have the history of it. We have so much more of an advantage than they did here. Why? Because a lot of the word that they heard was only proclaimed or it was in a letter and then or it was it was it was trans it was copied and handed out well what if somebody recopied it there were a lot of sneakers and creepers using the name of Christ but also not that would sneak in under some of the work that Paul had already done and trying to twist it up and reword it just a little bit i think the devil was using them very very cunningly but they were there and if they were there then i promise you they're here now this denies that he was fully God and fully man. This is very, very important for you to remember this. It's in our articles of faith as well. Why is it so important? Because if Jesus Christ ever stopped being God at any point, he was not a perfect sacrifice. It took a perfect sacrifice a perfect sacrifice to pay for our sin. It took a perfect sacrifice to pay for our sin to give a resurrection unto life. That's what it takes. He was our victor, Jesus Christ. This is a theology that we cannot overlook. What's the big deal? 
Here's the big deal. You ever heard of Mormonism? It denies this, the doctrinal teaching. You ever heard of Christian science? And, and on and on. They deny this. I'm so grateful that God converts people in spite of other religions and, and, and denominations, aren't you? We all grew up perhaps different religions or denominations. Anna, this Anna, not that Anna, this Anna, Bailey, she was sharing just two weeks ago. You know, it makes you think, man, if I was born in a different country, would I be a Muslim? It makes you think. It, 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 it's, it's a, but God is bigger than all that. I'm so, so grateful that God can work in people's lives in spite of their religions, not be, just in spite of. But I want to encourage you, if you're listening on Facebook today, or if you grew up in a church um, um, that this is all I've ever known, so it must be right. This is what mom and dad ever taught. Or mom and dad didn't care, I could do whatever I wanted to do. I want to encourage you highly. You need to be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, which is what Crosspoint is. You think, oh, he's going into sales mode. He's going into sales mode. Listen, I care about you. I love you. But at the end of the day, I don't care if you come here or not. If you're not pursuing truth, that's what matters. That's what matters. Now, you're going to walk away today saying, Pastor just said he don't care, so I'm leaving. That's probably what you heard. That's not what I'm saying. We want you here. We want everybody here. But we want to circle around the word of God. If we don't circle around the word of God, then what are we doing? Let's do something else. We are going to circle around the word of God. What's the big deal? Who or what died on the cross for our sin if we know that it took a perfect sacrifice? Here's the deceiver's creed. Listen, churches are doing this. It's very, very popular right now. It's vogue right now. You want to do this is how you grow a church. This is how you get bigger buildings, perhaps more money. Churches, pay attention. Here's the deceiver's creed. The church's deceiver's creed. Can't we all just get along? That's a deceiver's creed. Let's just get along. Let's just, why are you so worked up? Why, why do you got to be so, just relax a little bit. God's good. Because love is never, true love is never separated from truth. Truth is never separated from true love. You may think, well, what, what does a deceiver gain? What do they gain out of that? One, they don't have to deal with their sin. We don't have to deal with the sin. In fact, somebody just recently, there's another teaching out there right now, like, well, if you look at the Apostle Paul, uh, he never was really, uh, the other apostles never claimed him as an apostle. Therefore, was he really an apostle? I got a deep theological answer for that one. <laughs> That's my answer. What's the Bible say? What does the Bible teach? All these little tiny seeds of doubt. That's all. Just the seed is all it takes. Brenda, gain your composure. It wasn't that funny. I really, that wasn't scripted either. I shouldn't have done that. All these little seeds of doubt is all it takes. And you know what we do? We're like a bass taking that lure. Yeah, what if? Yeah, what if? And we are that quick. We're running and we're hooked and we're caught. You're taking the bait. Follow the word. 
I don't know the word. Come on, a cross point. We love teaching the word. Pastor Roger, Brad, Brad, did your class grow this morning? Because you only had one when I looked in there. A little late. You get a star. You get a star for being there early. All right, but, uh, and so, but every one of our classes, Andrew's teaching real life. Every one of our classes, we want to teach the Bible. Not what we think, not our opinion, but the Bible. It stands the test of time. They're doing the work, they're doing Satan's work, and they feel good in the name of unity. In a day when churches scream that we need to come together under the name of love, 2 John here, this book right here, emphasizes again that love is coupled with truth. Is it love to lie to someone? The answer is no. The answer is no. Verse 8 says, look, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things that we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Ooh, listen to that. The consequence of heresy. Here, I'm going to give it to you real quick in verse 8. Examine yourself when he says in verse 8, look to yourself. Do a checkup from the neck up. Uh, lose those things that we worked for. There's two thoughts. Look in verse 8. Look to yourselves, check your heart, that we do not lose those things we work for. Well, what are we working for when we're serving God? By the way, I, man, I'm putting in a plug here. I watched at Youth Haven Bible Camp. It's, it's humbling to watch kids, little kids, now serving. Like Livy and, and Jeffrey, you were a counselor a couple years ago. Watching these, these are just little camp brats running around. And, and to watch them now is... um. Man, it's from a heart, an innocent heart that just wants to serve is very humbling. What are we working for? Verse 8, that we don't lose the things. What are we working for? Real quick, we shared this in Faithful Life last week. Hey, believer, Christian, listen up. When we are raptured out, we're raptured out. We are in at the beam of seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. We are judged for the works we've done and the attitude or the motive with which we've done them. What are we working for? Rewards and crowns. Not that we can hoard it and say, look what I did, but that we can give it back. That's what we're working for, and you can lose that reward in that crown. Revelation chapter 3, verse 11. Spencer, put that up on the screen if you would. Revelation 3, 11. You mean I can lose something? I thought once God gives it, we're good to go. It's sealed up. Watch this. Watch what happens. Behold, I am coming to you quickly. This is in Revelation, talking to one of the seven churches. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. If someone can take it, that means you don't get to keep it. Someone, a deceiver, could take your crown right away from you. Verse 9 says, whoever transgresses sins, this does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Examine First, it was examine yourselves. Now he's telling us to examine others. Did it say judge others? It's not talking about judging like, I'm God, I'm the standard, you're right, you're wrong. He's saying examine, examine uh, others. Whoever, that means others, transgress. That means sins by running too far ahead of Christ. Don't get too far ahead of him. Don't look for more out of Jesus than the Bible states. poison 
That's what was going on in verse 9 in this life. By the way, our time, as our time is wrapping up in verse 9, there's, verse 9 could preach all day by itself. They don't have God. It says right there in the middle. You must have and stand for Jesus of the Bible. And with a smile. He's our Savior. Who is Jesus of the Bible and Cross Point Baptist Church? Here we go. He's, he is God, the second person of the Trinity. He has always existed. He's fully God and he's fully man. He's not two natures. He's one, fully God and he's fully man. He's not mixed or mixed up. He is begotten by the Holy Spirit through the Virgin Mary. If you're with me, say, uh-huh. Oh, that was weak sauce right there. He is the one and only way to God, the Father, and in the heaven, which is abode. That's called salvation. That's the Jesus Christ that we're talking about at Cross Point Baptist Church. He died on the cross as God planned. Uh-huh. Did God plan that before the foundations of the earth, Ephesians? Uh-huh. That's an uh-huh. He is perfect in the sacrifice and the payment said paid in full. Uh-huh. There we go. Now we're getting there. He rose again the third day. He was seen by 500 people. He ate. He drank. His wounds were touched by people for 40 days. Then he ascended into heaven. He will come again physically to establish a earth, God's kingdom, and judge the world. We forget that about him. Jesus Christ is not only our Savior, perfect sacrifice of lamb, but he's also judge. He's also judge. Let me finish 10, 11, and 12, touch 13, so I can get you to Bob Evans. <laughs> Verse 10 says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, what doctrine? Oh, by the word, by the way, the word if, they were coming, they were there. In other words, at the doorstep of this lady, they were already there. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the Jesus of the Bible, not twisted up, the studied Jesus of the Bible, do not receive him into your house nor greet him. It doesn't mean don't be cordial. It doesn't mean slam the door in their face. But don't show any sign of supporting deception. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't send mixed messages. Kind of like Carla sent me when we first started going out. Mixed messages. You know, let me tell you a little story. Shh. Never mind. All right, I'm going to say it. You know, when, she, when we first met, it was like, hey, I might need to get to know her. So I threw out the whole, hey, give me your number. There's more to that story. She has a different version, by the way. Hey, let me get them digits. And she wrote her number down, but she said, don't call me, I'll call you. But she never took my number. <laughs> but, but, she came back. They all do. Yeah. Back to the Bible. So you embolden them when you go to a deceiver and you support what they're doing. Your testimony is in jeopardy. They may trap and trick you into doubting God. Don't, doesn't please God to watch you mix with evil. Look at verse 11. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. Picture this from God's perspective. He is not pleased when you take what is good and righteous and holy and mix it with evil. 
He's not pleased. He's not happy. He's, he's heartbroken. Verse 12, having many things to write to you, I do not wish you to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that your joy may be full. I love that. I love face to face conversations with people. Flesh and blood needs flesh and blood. Amen. Don't be so impersonal. By the way, these seeds of doubt we're talking about comes right through these things right here. Right here. All it takes is a meme to get you go, huh? Just be careful. We need each other. He wants to see them face to face. Verse 13, the children of your elect sister greet you. So that is where we will conclude the reading of the word today. But we do want to take a moment, just a moment. And I'm going to ask Andrew to play a, a brief time of invitation. Because I want to make sure that you have the availability to come down here and pray privately. Or with somebody, if you are so inclined this morning to do so. Can you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Dear Lord, take this time, we pray, and make it your own. We've had some beautiful testimony shared from Scotty and the family. You've been honored. We've had some laughter. We've had fellowship. But most importantly, we've had your word today oh somehow you're able to let us hear a message and, and we don't remember and we don't get it and we look back in our lives and we see that how you just work these things out through your word the preaching of your word this time the next few moments we spend is a time just a prayer that's it and of course there's people that will pray with each other so bless this time and make it your own i pray in christ's name amen would you stand with Andrew and I as he leads us in a song again? The altar's open for you to come and pray. Won't you come? See him there, the great I am, a crown of thorns upon his head, the Father's heart displayed for us oh god we thank you for the cross lifted up on calvary's hill we cursed your name and even still you bore our shame and paid the cost oh god we thank you for the cross behold the lamb the story of redemption written on his hand jesus you will reign forevermore the Right.
our Savior died, the Lord of life can't be contained. Our God has risen from the grave. Oh, our God has risen from the one more time with me. Behold the Lamb, the story of redemption written on His hands. Jesus, you will reign forevermore. The victory is yours. We sing your praise in this important uh, announcements to make. First of all, we were planning to have our church-wide picnic at the Prims. That's being canceled because of the weather. Uh, We will let you know if that's going to be rescheduled, but for now, just know that that's canceled. We will have Facebook Live tonight at 7 o'clock since that's been canceled, so be aware of that. Our summer teaching series on Wednesday nights will continue for two more weeks. Uh, We'll have that here, and then that last Wednesday of the month on the 31st, we have an Awana training uh, meeting, really just to kind of get our bearings uh, for the new year and get everything set and ready. If you're interested in being a leader in Awana and you've attended our, our training for Bible Quest, we would love to have you. Just come to me and let me know. Uh, you're welcome to sit in on the meeting and ask any questions. And for those of you who are in Awana already, if you'd like to work in a different area, just let me know as well. Uh, but we'll begin planning those things on the 31st. Uh, just be aware that uh, we'll carry on that summer series through August. The first Wednesday in September, the, the Wednesday after Labor Day, we'll be kicking off our family nights. That'll be Awana, Word of Life, and our adult Bible study. And then the Thursday after that will be the first meeting for Grief Share in the fall. So if you have any questions about those scenes, uh, be sure to see one of the pastors of me and we'll answer those questions for you. With that, you're dismissed. Being beheld back on.